0: you may uh, remain standing and open up your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. And this morning we are looking at commandment number 5, which is found in verse 12, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. This is the word of the Lord. Honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray. Father, we come before you, our King, our God, our Lord, and our Father. And Lord, I just pray that this commandment, there's so much we can say about it, there's so much time we can spend here, but Lord, I pray that we see the importance of your law, the importance of your commandment. And God, I pray that you would just illuminate our hearts and our minds. And Father, do the work that only you can do. Because when we honor our parents, when we honor our relationships, God, we honor you. And that is what we want to do this morning. We want to honor you. And we pray that we would do that for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Aloha. Welcome to all of you. If you are new here, um, we're glad that you're with us. And uh, I know there's a lot of you who are visiting from other states. Um, Welcome. We're glad that you uh, take time off on your vacation to worship Jesus. Um, If you guys remember uh, our deacon, Dan Marino, uh, about six months ago, I believe, uh, we were praying for his son who suffered a severe heart attack um, when he was visiting here and the doctors basically gave them just a couple hours to live. They told his wife, uh, they told his wife to basically say your goodbyes and we were praying for them. Um, Churches in California were praying for them. Their family were praying and God just miraculously turned things around. Um, This morning Jeremiah is with us. Uh, Jeremiah can you stand please? What a testament to the power of God's prayer and his grace on Jeremiah's life. Thank you. Um, before I get into our text, I just kind of want to talk a little bit about the law. A lot of times it could come across as these rigid commandments. I have a couple examples for us to maybe think differently, start thinking differently about it. For example, if you love cooking, then to go out and drive in traffic to the store to pick up the ingredients, to sharpen the knives, to chop up your vegetables and meats or whatever, to go through that process. If you love cooking, you enjoy that process as you make your delicious meal. Some of you hate that process. That's why you don't cook. Others love it. If you enjoy real estate, if you love architecture, then the planning, the drafting, the building is a process that you enjoy as you build your dream home. If you're in love with someone, someone you want to marry, or your wife, you're in love with them, or your husband, you're going to do everything possible to please them, you're single, you're going to do everything possible to marry them. You're going to turn insane for a few months, a few years. (laughs) Any measurement of time, any measurement of money is out the door. You're fully devoted to this person because you love them. And so when you discover that there's a spice out there that's going to make your dish taste way better, you're going to do everything to go get it because you love cooking. When you hear that there is a material that can improve the design or the structure of your home, you will try to find ways and the budget to implement it. And when you hear that the person you are in love with loves dark chocolate, you will bet that the next time you go to see them, you will have dark chocolate with you. And these examples, they fall very short of comparing our relationship with God But that's exactly what happens when the foundation of our relationship with God is love. When we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, his law becomes our delight, like King David wrote. We don't attempt to fulfill God's law to earn his love. We do it because we love him. His, law, his love is what drives us to do His will. And so when you don't love God, His law inevitably becomes a burden. Really, I have to buy dark chocolate now to please you? i got to get you flowers? Really, I need to go get another spice? I have so much spices, and it's not enough. Really, I have to paint my house? Open with me to Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. Paul writes, For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all the things written in the book of the law and do them. And so to rely on the law, to try to work out the law as a way to be loved and accepted by God is a curse. You're doomed. There's no hope. And so Jesus, he frees us from that curse by becoming a curse himself. Hanging on the cross to bring us to God. And that is an act of his relentless, never-ending love. God pursued us He lavished us with his grace. And so as recipients of this love, we respond with love to God. We respond with obedience. We respond with honor to what he wills. And so as we look at these Ten Commandments, we see we've talked about this uh, before, that they're broken up in two sections. Four Commandments are vertical... They talk about our relationship with God. And then the six are horizontal. They speak to our relationships with our neighbors. And so this order, it's not a mistake. Because when we love God, when our relationship with God is aligned, when we love God, that inevitable happens. Our love for God cannot be contained That love overflows to our neighbors. How do we know that we love God? It becomes evident in the love that we have for others. You can't have one without the other. You can't say that I love God and hate your brother. And so as the attention shifts to the love for those around us, um, this is the first Commandment that we have. The fifth commandment is the first commandment in our horizontal relationships. God begins with relationships that are closest to us. He begins with family. He begins with home. Verse 12, we read, Honor your father and your mother. God begins with our parents. He begins with our mothers and fathers. So, why? Why does God begin here? And the short answer is family, it's the building block of society. The, build, the, the beginning of order in our society is order in family. God cares about the well-being of his people, of his creation. God cares about the well-being of society and culture. And so family is the institution through which God chose to bring the stability and well-being Into our culture. And so naturally God calls us to honor the role of parents, to honor the fathers and mothers. And the Hebrew word here for honor is very interesting. Um, It's pronounced kaved, and it literally means to be heavy, to have some weight. Um, It means to take something very seriously. The same word is used to describe God's glory. And so this command is calling us to give due weight and seriousness to the position and the authority of fathers and mothers. And actually we have to ask the question, where did authority come from? Where did our parents' authority come from? Is authority a byproduct of the fall? Was God like now that we have this fallen people capable, capable of causing all sort of mischief and trouble? Uh, when you put, put some checks and balances in place, uh, when you have some people in power and in authority um, to make sure that there is order in this world now that there is sin and that there... Um, that we have experienced the fall. And so when we look at human history uh, from beginning, creation, to the end, um, Christians forever have, have looked at the history of the world through this grid. Creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. So God created the world... Then sin entered into the creation through Adam's sin. That's the fall. Then God redeemed the world through Jesus. And now we are waiting for God to come and restore all things. That's the restoration part. And so to get a better idea of authority, we can't begin with the fall. We have to go to creation and see how did authority play itself out in creation. And so... In Genesis 2, we see God giving Adam and Eve, the first humans, he gives them authority. We read in Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing, That moves on earth. So here we see that God clearly gives them dominion. He gives them power. He gives them authority. Not only that, but God is speaking from a place of authority, commanding them to practice their own authority. We see also that God gives them a command not to eat of the tree of the knowledge. So right off the bat, before there is any sin... Submission is expected. Obedience is expected. Authority existed before the fall. We also can't ignore this reality that plays itself out in our God, within the Trinity. Our God is one God, existing in three persons, as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, equal but different in roles. And so we all know the famous word, the famous verse, John three sixteen. For God, this implies God the Father, so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So the Father sends the Son. The Son submits to the will of the Father and lays his down life down for God's people. We see this submission, authority, obedience being played out even in the Trinity. And we have to remember that God is not distance, distant from any of these commandments. He's not giving us something that he already d- doesn't do. Okay? And so... Even obedience, even honor and respect, these principles are as eternal as God himself. He he practices it within the Trinity. And so if honor and obedience is good, if these are values that come from God, then why do we have such a problem with authority? Why do we hate authority? Why do we struggle with respecting people, with giving honor to people in authority, and why do we struggle with obedience? Some of you have really bad experiences with parents. Some of you did not have any parents. Maybe someone in your life at some point who was in a place of authority hurt you, abused you, those things are hard to go through. And we may be tempted to blame our experience or our circumstance as the reason why you struggle with authority. But maybe the struggle has less to do with the circumstance and more with the condition of our heart. I don't think there's a person in this room that does not struggle with this. Whether you had good parents or whether you had bad parents. My parents were really good parents. And there was a point in my life where I hated them. I did not honor them. I did not respect them or submit to them. They gave me no reason why I should have done that. We all struggle with this. We all did at some point. I don't believe that actual goody two-shoes exist. My sister tries to be one. It annoys the rest of us. Again, applying the worldview of the Bible, we can see that after creation came to fall. Satan convinced Adam and Eve... That God's authority was to be taken lightly, had no weight to it, had no heaviness to it. And so Adam and Eve, they disobey God. And this throws creation into turmoil, the fall. And so, one of the effects of sin on our hearts is that we don't like authority, we struggle with it. If honoring, Our parents, if respecting authority would would have come naturally to us, God wouldn't have given us this commandment. Some of us as parents, would get really upset that our kids uh, don't honor us. But it's natural for them not to honor us. Your child is not an anomaly. He's not weird. (laughs) It's normal for them to do that. They need Jesus just like us. And so, because of the fall, because of sin, instead of honoring, we dishonor. Instead of respecting, we disrespect. We disobey. We take their position lightly. We take it carelessly. And that is a heart issue. And so, now, just like sin affected our ability to honor and obey, it also affected the way we exercise authority. Our parents, they weren't perfect, and we who already are parents, we know that we're not perfect. I have four kids, I know. I fail every single day. We misuse our authority all the time. And Paul writes to us, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Parents, there are warning signs for us against abusing our authority. This is particularly to the fathers. We tend to be a little more harsh with kids than our wives. But God is giving us this law and he is fully aware that parents will not use their authority rightly. He is fully aware Of all the misuse and abuse of authority. And he's not saying honor them if they are perfect. He's not saying honor them if they are treating you well or listen to you well. He just says honor them. Honor them in and through their brokenness. And so the next question is why should we honor them? Why should we honor our parents? This this question can be answered in many ways. Um, We're all on different levels here. We have children. We have youth. College. Those who are out of the home already. But even if you're in your 40s or 90s, even if your parents are already passed away, this, this commandment and why we should obey this commandment still applies to all of us today. And so the first... Reason why we should honor them is because it glorifies God. It brings glory to God. Colossians 3:20, Paul says, "Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord." Our honor to our parents bring, brings honor and glory to God. He's pleased when that happens. And even if your parents are no longer here, you can honor them with your thoughts. You can honor them by the way you talk about them, as you tell stories of the past. You can honor them with your words. Secondly, we honor them because it's the right thing to do, simply as that. Ephesians 6.1, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. It's just the correct position Of the heart. We are wrong when we dishonor our parents, even when we are right. Our parents make mistakes, and if we try to correct them in a dishonorable way, even if we're right, we're wrong. We broke the command, we haven't pleased God. And here in our text, God gives us another reason to honor them. Verse 12, honor your father and mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God is giving you. You know how uh, we sometimes try to bribe our kids to do something, tell them, clean your room and I'll give you some ice cream. God is kind of doing the same thing here. Honor your mother and father and you will have long days in your land. And so another reason to honor God is that it serves our own best interest. Ephesians 6, verse 2 and 3, Paul expands on this. Um, it's interesting, like, none of, the, none of the New Testament writers, they don't just write the Ten Commandments off. They build on them. They continue to build on them, to, d- to show the revelation And so Ephesians 6, 2 and 3, this is what Paul says, Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. So Paul reinforces the promise as a motivation to obey this commandment. It's an encouragement. It's an extra incentive. As one author puts it, God knows how hard it is to obey and honor parents, and so he promises a reward if we do it. And this meant a lot to Israel. They are going to a land, to a strange land. They want to succeed there. They want to prosper there. And so one way to ensure that they were going to have a good life is to honor your parents. God weaved it into the structure of family. And so honoring parents doesn't mean you're going to live to 100. It doesn't mean also that if a person dies young, they did not honor their parents. might be true, but we're not to call that judgment. It's not an automatic guarantee for a long life. To live long in the land is just another way of saying to have a life of abundance, to have a blessed life. And a lot of times, that results in a long life. And another reason to keep this commandment, this is for us parents, um, as we steward our kids, as we teach them to obey this commandment, uh, as parents, it is our duty and responsibility to teach our kids to honor, to love, and serve God. And when we teach them to honor authority, to honor, honor us, we are able to teach them to honor God. It's an essential principle to pass down because with it, we are able to pass down our faith. The most important thing our kids can honor and hear from our lips is the gospel of Jesus Christ and his saving grace. If they don't honor us, how can they honor when we honor the good news that we preach and that we tell them? So God places that responsibility on us to manage our house in such a way that there is honor, mutual respect, Because ultimately we have a greater mission, greater purpose. And that is to bring the glory of God to our kids. The other thing is that the fifth commandment, it goes beyond honoring just our parents. Naturally, relationships with parents are the first relationships that we encounter. And God intends that relationship with our parents, to start the process that will reverberate throughout the whole entire society. Home is where we encounter the first hospital. Home is where we encounter the first school, the first government, the first church. And if we don't respect this authority and Order at home, then we won't respect it anywhere else. It all begins at home and then it carries over to the life in our society and culture. So, if you want to break down culture, society, if you want to tear it apart, you tear apart families. That's exactly what's happening in our world today. We can blame all sorts of things on homelessness. And all the issues that we struggle with, we can blame the government, social programs, but it all starts in the family. First Peter 2, 13 and 17. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution. Verse 17. Honor everyone. Fear God. Honor everyone. The emperor. And so, out of every institution, the first institution is home. It's our parents. And that, and then it translates how we honor our employers, our bosses, our church leaders, the government. And so commandment five doesn't start and finish with fathers and mothers, it begins at home but it flows out into all these other areas of our life. We are to see that all authority in our lives is placed there by God. So disclaimer, our ultimate authority, our ultimate honor is to God. And so if our parents, if our employers, if our government is calling us to do something that dishonors God, We don't do it. We don't honor them in those areas because our first allegiance is to God. Honoring never, honoring authority never means we put ourselves under abuse or under life threatening circumstances. But even if they do not deserve our honor, God still calls us to honor them. Good example is David. King David. There's a great story. Um, David was hiding in the wilderness from King Saul who hated him. Saul was seeking to kill David. David was already anointed to be the next king in Israel. And so there was this chance for David to kill Saul. And David's, David's troops, they encouraged him. They're like, We'll do it. We'll kill him. And you can have the throne. We're going to be done with this wilderness. This is what David says, 1 Samuel 24, 6. The Lord forbid that I should do this thing to my Lord, the Lord's anointed, to put out my hand against him, seeing he is the Lord's anointed. David understood that as bad as Saul was, He was a figure of authority placed there by God. And so to dishonor Saul was to dishonor God. So, how do we honor our parents? How do we practically give them honor? For young kids, this commandment is absolute as it gets for you, it means honor and obedience in everything. This is a crucial age, young age, for our kids to learn submission and honor. It is hard to teach certain... It is hard to teach a 13-year-old how to honor and respect you if that hasn't begun at age two. For teens... It's honoring them with obedience and with your speech. It means you don't put them down in front of your friends, but you speak well of your parents at all times. For young adults, as you prepare to leave the home and you are faced with many decisions, big decisions, what college to go to, where to live, to get married or not to, talk to your parents seek their counsel seek their advice for you and if your parents are not believers and they are not giving you a, and they're giving you advice that is contrary to scripture talk to someone older in the church there's many brothers and sisters who would love to speak into your life or family but in that, make sure that you treat, treat your unbelieving parents with honor and respect. And for those of us who are long gone out of the house, we have our own children, grandchildren, maybe great-grandchildren. Honoring parents means we make sure that we take care of them till the end of their life. Oftentimes our culture despises the elderly. It throws them to the curb. Makes them seem irrelevant, out of date. But nothing can be further from the truth. And that is contrary to the principles of Scripture. Job 12.12 Wisdom is with the aged and understanding in length of days. Leviticus 19.32. You shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man. And you shall fear your God, I am the Lord. Just notice how closely it's tied. The fear of the Lord and honoring and respecting our elders. Proverbs 23.22. Listen to your father who gave you life. And do not despise your mother when she is old. Most of us, we will be as old as our parents will be. You will get gray hair. You will get old. Treat them in their old age as you would like to be treated. Treat them as God is calling you to treat them by showing them honor and respect. We are showing an example to our own kids by the way we treat and care for our older parents. What example are we showing them? The biblical principles, they're not every man for themselves. They're not every family member for themselves. But for us, but the biblical principle are for us to look out for our parents. For the church to look out for the elderly who don't have kids. There's this great story in Matthew 15. Uh, it's another episode where Je- the Pharisees come to rebuke Jesus, and Jesus just rebukes them, and they have nothing to tell them. Matthew 15 Verse 1, if you want to go there with me. Then the Pharisees and the scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat. He answered them, And why do you break the commandment of God? For the sake of your traditions. For God commanded, Honor your father and your mother. And whoever reviles the father or mother must surely die. But you say, if anyone tells his father and mother what you would have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. So for the sake of your tradition, you have made void the word of God. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, this people honors me with their lips But their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. So the Pharisees come to Jesus. They're like, Jesus, your your disciples, they did not wash their hands before eating. And you might think, man, that's disgusting. Why didn't they wash their hands? But that's not what's happening here. They probably had very clean hands. The Pharisees and the elders, to protect the law of God, they've created a lot of traditions of their own. And so they had this tradition. When they enter a house, before they go to eat, they dip their hands into this bowl and they say a prayer like, Lord, may these hands be used for your glory, something like that. And so the disciples, they just came in there and they didn't do that ritual. and They just sat down and they just they were just eating. And so, the Pharisees come to Jesus, and they are rebuking Jesus, and Jesus tells them, you care about your stupid traditions, but you forgot to keep God's law. And so Jesus quotes the fifth commandment, and here's how he applies it. And he shows us how the Pharisees were breaking it. But you say, if anyone tells his father or mother what you have gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. In other words, let's say you have made a covenant with God that you're going to give him 500 bucks a month. Like, Lord, 500 bucks a month is yours. And then your parents come to you with a need. And you tell them, sorry, Mom. Sorry, Dad. I know you have a need. I wish I could help you. But I made a covenant with God. That money has to go to him. Jesus rebukes them for teaching people that that is okay. He rebukes them for establishing these traditions and these laws. He rebukes them that it was okay to give money to God instead of taking care of their parents. Jesus says that is vain worship. I don't need that money. the love that we have for God, the worship that we have for God will inevitably be displayed and is to be displayed in how we love one another, including our parents. When our parents can't take care of themselves, it is our responsibility as kids to take care of their physical, medical, spiritual, and emotional needs. It's how we worship and honor God. I know this is rubbing some of you guys the wrong way. It's okay. Some of you are thinking, how can it go well with me if I have to give my well being to my parents? I don't know, it seems counterintuitive, but it's a promise. It's a principle that God has established and it works. Do you trust Him? I also want to speak to those who maybe had some bad experiences with their parents. They left a bitter taste in your mouth. Maybe you don't even want to associate yourself now with your parents. Maybe they did horrible things to you. Maybe they weren't existent. Maybe they were distant. There's hope. Psalm 27, verse 10, David writes, For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. That's a promise. God is not distant. He is a father to the fatherless and orphans. He is the best provider you could ever hoped for. He is the best protector, and he lavishes his children with love and with grace. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is not like your dad or your mom? Do you believe that he has your best interest in mind? If our parents who are sinful when we ask them of things, they take care of us, how much more God, who perfectly loves us? Do you believe that he's a good father? And so to believe that, to accept that he's a good father, it means that you have to come to terms that the parents that he gave you was his providence. He gave them to you. And there's a purpose and there's a meaning in all that you have experienced. And so honoring your parents may mean coming to terms with this reality. Honoring your parents may be honoring God for the parents that he has given you. Honoring parents may mean you have to forgive them or what you have against them, if they're alive or if they're already gone. Honoring your parents means instead of fixating on the failures of your parents, we fix our eyes on God's grace and God's love for us as a father. Honoring your parents may be as simple as giving them a call, seeing how they're doing. So the ultimate question we all need to ask ourselves is this. As we consider this commandment, as we seriously look at this commandment, and I'm not asking these questions as uh, a way to undermine you, to put you down. We're We're just stating the reality here. Does my relationship with do my thoughts about, do my action, actions for my father and mother bring glory to God? Does my relationship with, do my thoughts about, and do my actions with my father and mother bring glory to God? Riken writes, quote, like the rest of the law, the fifth commandment is impossible for us to keep. We've all failed. Here's some more questions to ask ourselves if you still think you're not guilty and you've, you're clean. Do you ever talk back to your parents? Do you ever hide something from your parents? Do you ever quietly curse them? Do you speak well of them? Are you taking time to strengthen your relationship with them? Are you giving them the care that they need? Somewhere, somehow, we all broke this law. We broke God's law. But unlike us, Jesus fulfilled this law. He fulfilled it on our behalf. He did what God demanded of him, and he did what we could never do. He was obedient to the Father from eternity past, and from his life, and in his life here on earth, from his birth, from his birth to his death. And resurrection, he honored his earthly parents, and so he honored his heavenly father. Even as he's hanging on the cross, he asks his friend John to take care of his mother Mary, who's in old age now. Like he's on the cross, dying for our sins, and he's caring for his mother. That's honor. He was the perfect child that we could never be. But he did it. And he didn't just do it, but he did it on our behalf. He didn't just come to be a perfect child just to show us, hey, look, I'm a perfect child. He did it because we could not be that. That's the reason he came to do it. And so, everyone who trusts in Jesus, in his righteousness, can come to God and be accepted as righteous and as perfect because of Jesus. That is the good news of the gospel. Let's pray. Father. On the surface, we can all be like, yeah, I got this. Overall, we honor our parents, but when we look deep within our soul, when we look at all the ways that this commandment applies, we utterly fail. And in dishonoring our parents, in dishonoring authority that you have placed in our life, Father, we have dishonored you. And Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for we have sinned against you, O God. Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that you did not leave us in our sin. You did not leave us in despair, but you provided a way. We thank you that Jesus was the perfect child that honored you, that honored his parents, and, in his, and and because he has fulfilled this commandment, Father, we thank you that we can now too stand before you as righteous. And Lord, I pray that those who do not know you, those who live in disobedience, those who do not honor you this morning, I pray that they would see the desperation of their hearts another certain situation, Father. I pray that you would reveal to them their sin and reveal to them the grace and your love that you would show yourself as a good father who will lovingly accept them into your kingdom and into your arms. Father, I pray that you would do this work in our midst by the power of your spirit. Lord, any strained relationships with parents, Father, I pray, God, that by your spirit, you would empower us, that you would soften our hearts, the hearts of our parents, God, and that you, Father, would repair those relationships, God. And even if that doesn't happen, Lord, may we continue to honor them and so continue to honor you. We pray this in Jesus' name, for your glory.